Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A man in Japan went into a junk shop in a little town not far from his home. He was looking for something very specific, and after wandering about for a while, he saw just the thing. It was a bowl, maybe about 20 centimeters across. Somebody had used it for flowers at some stage, and it was still dirty with soil and the remains of some leaves. It looked also like it had been broken into several pieces. The store owner didn't think much about it, since it was fractured and stained and looked like it was no longer any good to anybody. The man carefully fished out the bowl and its pieces. He disguised his pleasure as he went and bought it at the till. Then, taking it home, he set about to cleaning it. He took care. He spotted, as the store owner obviously hadn't, that it was made of very expensive porcelain. He could gradually get the dirt and soil out of the pattern and make each piece as good as new. At that point, though, the man still only has a broken bowl. But the man is an expert in the practice of kintsugi. Kintsugi is a centuries-old Japanese art of fixing broken pottery. Instead of trying to hide the cracks, the kintsugi technique uses a special tree sap lacquer with powdered gold. Once completed, there are beautiful seams of gold in the cracks, giving a one-of-a-kind appearance to each repaired piece. Now, in Japanese culture, this celebrates the artifact's specific history and makes them a unique piece of art, more valuable than if they had not been broken. So the man, when he finished the bowl, put it in the place of honor in his home and showed off its precious, priceless artwork to perfect effect. And that's just what he wanted. The main point in our epistle lesson, which Peter wants to get across, is that in many ways, we are like that bull. Peter describes the way his readers used to be. Like the bull, we also were created. Our creator, God, made us for specific purposes. And he intended our lives to follow a specific pattern. But instead, we were used for all kinds of purposes other than that for which we were really made. And now we're broken. When God is not acknowledged, there is a gaping hole in life. It's a God-shaped hole, and people fill that hole with all sorts of things which are not God. Things like power, money, sex. Even recognition, beauty, 
independence, equality. And so we're like the bowl in the junk shop. We're broken. We're covered with the stain of sin. And we're no longer able to function in the way God created us. (laughs) Futile ways, Peter calls them. These are the ways which characterize all of us apart from Christ. These futile ways go all the way back to Father Adam. Futile ways are ways which lead to a dead end. They're ways that leave you broken and on a junk pile. We've inherited reflexes and appetites, unhealthy, rotten ones. We yearn, we desire wrong things. And our appetite for sin actually enslaves us. Sin affects our choices. It binds us with the chains of habit. And despite the pleadings of our consciences, despite our resolutions and our efforts to be better, we still make very little real progress. It's often like a game of whack-a-mole. We beat one sin and another one pops up. We remember our Lord's words. Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Do a wrong thing and it's your master. And when this master is finished with us, we will be broken, corrupted, disfigured, and will no longer resemble what God intended us. Yet the key word in this passage is ransomed. Ransomed. It means that we have been bought back. We've been bought back like a dirty object in a junk shop. God had come into the junk shop and he had paid the ultimate price for us. The precious blood of the Messiah, God's own son. Peter has in mind the lamb that was sacrificed on, at the Jewish pas- feast of Passover. Making or marking the moment when God bought back his people from their slavery in Egypt. Jesus is the Lamb of God. So the sacrificial death of Jesus has bought us back. It's ransomed us. That's why Jesus was sent in the first place. That's been God's plan, his intention, right from the very beginning. Peter makes it clear that it is God who pays. We cannot redeem ourselves. At best, we can offer silver and gold, corruptible things. That means that forgiveness is very costly for God. Nothing but the blood of Jesus is a sufficient price for ransoming us out of our slavery to sin. God has bought us with the blood of Christ, offered up for us. And the Father who sacrificed His Son also approved and accepted that sacrifice. He glorified Him by raising Him from the dead. It's because of the work of Christ for you on the cross that you have actual reason to trust God and to trust what He will do for you. The God who raised Jesus from the dead and gave Him glory will also do great and similar things for you. Now, suppose for a second that the original owner of that bowl 
came back the next day to the junk shop, and he asked for his bowl back, since he wanted to repair it himself and maybe put, it, uh, put some more flowers in it. The shop owner might direct him to the man who bought it, but that kintsugi expert would be perfectly right in saying that the bowl was no longer available. Not only had he bought it, he had cleaned it up inside and out, turned it into a piece of art, and gave it, and gave it a whole new use, a use for which it was now truly suited. It would be an insult to it, as well as an injustice to, for it to go back to holding flowers. Be holy, Peter says. Why? Because God is holy. The people of a holy God are called to live a life that is so radically different from the way people normally behave. We're called to reflect God's own character. You are the bowl, bought in the shop, now cleaned up and put to a new use. With far greater honor than being filled with dirt and uh, in a corner with some dusty plants. That's what holiness means, to be set apart. You are set apart for God in every way and at every level. God has set you apart and put you to a new use. Christians are different from the world around us, wonderfully different. We have a different God, and through him, a new and different life purpose, and destination. Peter is reminding you of this so that you don't let your previous owners come up and try to force you back into the use you once had. Don't let your sinful self, your old sinful self, squeeze you back into its mold. That old self is dead, crucified, buried, and raised with Christ in holy baptism. Don't return to slavery and death. Stay away from the practices and behaviors that you know are contrary to God's word, to what God wants for you. You have to put those sinful desires to death daily. Holiness involves dying daily to sin, saying no to yourself, returning to your baptism daily drowning that old self with all its sins and lusts so that a new you may arise. The sinful desires are drowned and the new creation rises. Each day is a resurrection day with the gospel raising us to life, renewing us, lifting us up out of, the, out of death so that we may have the life of Christ. Notice, it's the gospel. There's power in the gospel. It's the means both of our new birth and of our nurture in holiness. The gospel is the message about Jesus, the Messiah, about God sending him so that through his sacrificial death upon the cross, you might be ransomed from your previous life and given a whole new life and a new purpose in God's service. How does that work? 
God's word is creative. He speaks and it's done. When we tell people about Jesus, something happens. The gospel carries an energy, a power beyond mere words. The gospel is God's call. It communicates, it converts, and it sanctifies. It makes holy. When the gospel is proclaimed, people find themselves gripped by it, transformed by it, given new life through it. It tells us that we've been bought by the blood and it puts us to new use. The gospel leads God's people into holiness and transforms us to reflect more and more God's character in our lives. Through the word of the gospel, you are sanctified and enabled to love your brothers and sisters with the same undeserved love that was shown to you. Through that life-giving and transforming word, the blood of Jesus releases you from your slavery to your sinful desires. God's redemption breaks not only the chains that bind you to future doom, but it breaks also the chains of your sinful past. Pursuing holiness, though, is not the basis of our salvation. Holiness, pursuing holiness, sanctification, is not the basis of our salvation. Rather, it's an appropriate, it is the appropriate response to salvation. It's the ongoing result of salvation in our lives. And that's important to note. So, you were like that broken, dirty pot in the junk shop. You were born enslaved to sin. Yet Jesus Christ has redeemed you, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won you from all sins, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. Look to God. Hear his word of promise. See the salvation in Christ and fix your hope on him. Because he's given you that hope, you're called to live in it. His word gave you new life, and his word will also enable you to live the life that he calls for. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He's the one who bought you back. He's the one who cleaned you, and he's already putting you to new use. And he has promised to complete his work when he comes again. And may that peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.